0: Hello and welcome to the Growth Adventure Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Bell. I'm joined today by Doug Morris, the Program Director at the Martin Luther King Community Center uh, here in Midtown Indianapolis. Doug, welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, we've got a couple different directions that this conversation, I I think, is going to lead us. I think some surprising ones, maybe to people who don't know you well, but to kind of start with, could you talk a little bit about Martin Luther King Community Center, as well as uh, your work as program director?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're actually coming up on our 50th year at MLK, and we're going to do a big party May 19th. Martin Luther King Community Center has been serving this community for 50 years. We have a two-generation approach. So not only are we making programs available for youth, but we also have services for parents and young adults. We do the dance from, you know, one of the things that we're really known for is our youth literacy program. So we have a partnership with James Wickham Rowley IPS 43 to where we, our goal is to uh, get the students up to their reading level or uh, above the reading level. A lot of the youth at the school, unfortunately, are behind on our reading levels, but due to our literacy program, a lot of these youth have, are, are getting caught up daily on where they need to be because we all know how important literacy is for your life. And then we also have you know middle school and high school programming. We just signed a lease to open a counseling center right across from our, our center next to the Dollar General. So that is our beloved community Outreach Center, where anybody in the Midtown area, Meridian, Kessler, Butler, Tarkington, Mapleton, Fall Creek, or Crown Hill neighborhoods can get free counseling services.
0: Thank you. Actually, that's news to me. I, I hadn't heard about that expansion. Congratulations. Thank you. So before we get into uh, some of the the work that the center does, maybe we'll specifically focus on some of the different uh, initiatives that, that you've been spearheading with teens for those who are not in the area or actually frankly those who are. Could you maybe talk about uh, the the recent renovations that the center went through?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We started our renovations back in I'd say about two thousand eighteen when we uh, received a grant to build out our Best Buy teen tech center, so that was kind of the kickstart of Okay, if we can make this room modernized and look nice, let's take a stab at making the whole building look this way. So uh, we just completed and uh, had our grand opening for the building April of last year. So we're approaching the one-year mark of uh, our building renovations, and the building's beautiful. This is a 1960s building, and it looked like 1960 up until a year ago, down to the shag carpet and brown walls. But now it looks like any new, modern, beautiful facility on the inside and out. And
0: we're, we're very proud of it. I have had the privilege both of seeing the building before and after, and I can vouch for what Doug is saying that, uh, yes, it did look as old as he describes. And yes, it is an amazing facility after the renovations. <laughs> well, since you uh, nicely segued a little bit into the uh, Best Buy Teen Tech Center, could you talk a little bit I guess, countrywide about what that program is, how the MLK Center was chosen, and then I'd love to hear, now that it has been up and running, I know you and I talked kind of as you were just kicking it off, and you definitely had some ideas about how the teams were going to interact with it, the programming you wanted to do, but I'd be curious now, five years in, what surprised you about how it's been used and kind of what's been the evolution of the programming?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So just a quick backstory on how the tech centers came about. 30 years ago, MIT hosted a two-week camp at a museum in Boston. And once that camp ended, they were getting calls from security that these youth keep trying to sneak in the museum and the equipment's not there anymore. So the folks from MIT said we should probably create something a little more permanent. So they created a nonprofit called the Clubhouse Network. They created these things called the Clubhouses So currently, there are over um, 100 clubhouses in 20 countries. Our particular clubhouse is the first one in Indiana. Gary, Indiana just got one about four or five months ago. Best Buy has the naming rights, so it's the Best Buy Teen Tech Center. Before it was Best Buy, Intel had the naming rights, and Best Buy is gone forward with their own programming, their own foundation. They're getting really hands-on, but Best Buy provided all the funding for the construction, for the computers, any kind of tech equipment. They make regular donations as far as gear, and then they give us a upgrade grant every year. We're really excited. There's lots of things that have been happening in the space. You know, a YMCA or Boys and Girls Club may have like an open gym time where youth could just come in and be social and play basketball or do something athletic. We don't have a gymnasium yet. We're working on it, but we do have a tech center. So it's the same principle. Youth come in and hang out, but they hang out around technology. The model, there's two models. It's supposed to be peer-to-peer learning, So I introduce a youth to something and then once another youth comes in, instead of me hovering over them, I ask the youth to introduce the new youth to the technology. And then that that fosters collaboration. And then the other model is that youth aren't supposed to exit school and go back into school. So this literally is a drop in. You know, we do offer workshops, but it's not supposed to be, oh, you got out of school and now you're back in school. Forced to learn something, the youth drive what they want to happen in the space. So some youth come because they want to use the Adobe Creative Suite. Some youth come because they want to use the studio. Some youth come because they want to check out the girls. Some youth come because they want the free dinner we serve at night we don't really care why they come. We just want them to come. And then once they get through these doors, we can start to sort of, you know, break down barriers. What's going on? What's going on in your life? What are your actual goals? Let's stop talking abstractly about what you want to do with your future. How do we actually get there? Uh, That's the things that happens in the space daily. Thank you.
0: Since the theme of this podcast is growth and entrepreneurship, from the teens that you've seen come through the MLK's Center, have you seen any pickup skills that they've been able to translate into, you know, a potential career?
1: Oh, it's it's amazing. About a year ago, we got a grant from Lilly to uh, introduce 40 West Digital, which is a social enterprise. So we introduce 17 to 24 year olds into video production and filmmaking. We pay them $200 a week to learn video production, six week program. And then those youth that are really interested, they have an opportunity to to be elevated to a resident, and then they're paid $15 an hour for 20 hours a week to produce videos for clients. If they do well with that, then they're offered a job as a 40 West Digital employee at $18 an hour. So we're not only talking abstractly what you can do with these skills, we're actually employing the youth and paying them industry rates to produce products. And we've had some amazing products come out. The week of Super Bowl, we had a, a piece that aired on TV that our youth produced for um, iHeartRadio. And we just did a piece with Tamika Catchings about the gymnasium we want to add on to MLK Center. So uh, one of our youth, he's, he just turned 18, but he was 17 when he got to us, uh, 17-year-old Purdue Poly, Sr., he produced this amazing horror film this last October, and we were able to get it shown at the Tibbs Drive-In the week of Halloween. So there's lots of like activation in the space. The kids are enjoying themselves. The youth are enjoying themselves. We're doing this work daily,
0: and it's great. To allow you to give a shameless plug, 40 West is a uh, video production company housed within the MLK Center that gives teens an opportunity to monetize their skill set with the community. So they're Absolutely. a shameless plug. Absolutely.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And we're starting with videography and filmmaking because it incorporates sound production it incorporates graphic design and photography. So a lot of the things, a lot of the directions that we want to go are already incorporated in video production and filmmaking. But 40 West Digital will expand into audio production and all the other components. So, you know, youth want to focus on those things. They'll have the opportunity to to skill up and be paid for those things. Thank you. To kind
0: of stay adjacent to the community center mission, but pivot a little bit to kind of your background in central Indiana. I mean, you, you shared you've been a, a lifelong resident. You've been a lifelong resident in the area that uh, MLK Center serves, which I'll let you you can give a much better specific geographic boundary. But uh, you also just shared that uh, you, you love the area so much that you recently uh, became a homeowner in it. So I guess my question is, what was it about either your background or about the mission that that drew you to be you know, active within the MLK Center?
1: Yeah, it's all interesting. It's probably bigger than me. I meet with one of my high school teachers regularly. We have lunch maybe once every other month. And the work that I'm doing daily, he says, is the work I was saying that I was going to do in high school. As far as I wanted to create a production house that offers all forms of media and then through that production house have a nonprofit side that exposes kids to the technology and skills the kids up to then be paid to work for the company. So to actually like see this coming about, you never know how things are going to pan out. But yeah, this this work that we're doing daily, I love it. Like you said, I'm I'm a lifelong resident of uh, Meridian Kessler. I stepped away for a little while, you know, to go to Ball State. Well, my grandparents' house was 43rd in College. My mother's house was 42nd in Broadway, and I bought a house at 42nd in Carrollton. So I am well within walking distance of the MLK Center, and it's amazing to be able to serve the neighborhood that served you. There were elders in the community that took interest in me. When my mom was at work and I grew up in a single parent home, there were people that are around that sold into me. So all I'm doing is reliving my childhood
0: and doing what was done for me for these youth. And remind me, what are the rough geographic boundaries that the MLK Center serves?
1: The MLK Center serves the four adjoining neighborhoods. So all these neighborhoods meet at 38th and Meridian. So we've got Meridian Kessler. We've got Butler Tarkington. Mapleton, Fall Creek, and Crown Hill. So those are the four. We are the center for those four neighborhoods. Thank you.
0: We'll get back to uh, the MLK Center here in a little bit, but I want to pivot briefly to kind of your own entrepreneurial journey, because in a roundabout way, I found out something about you that that uh, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I, you, you've shared your passion around, you know, the arts, around production around all things kind of media related. But I found out through a friend of one of my daughters, and this is going back here. So we're talking at the time, I think, late elementary, early middle schooler. And he was sharing that he was taking DJing lessons. I was like, oh, I mean, that's really cool. I honestly didn't know that you could, you know, go to an instructor for DJ lessons. And it yes. turns out, Doug, that was you. Yeah, yeah.
1: 2013, me and a, a partner, Nick Saligo,
0: Pike High School
1: and IU graduate, the story is actually it goes a little deeper than that. I can't think of the exact year, but I would say if we go back to maybe around 08, maybe 2010, we received a small grant to teach the elements of hip hop, which include DJing. So we bought some really crappy turntables. Just you know, it was the grant was only like five grand, so you can't get a lot of equipment with five thousand dollars. But we bought some cheap turntables and we taught free DJ lessons out of the MLK Center back then. And it, you know there's no signage outside. It was just kind of if you knew, you knew. It was free. Everybody was volunteering their time. And it went on for some years. Like There was a guy, uh, DJ uh, Be Quiet, uh, Brian Wyatt is his name. He learned how to DJ in the MLK Center back then. He was at IU at the time, DJed all through college. And then when he got his first corporate job, he sold us his turntables back. So, yeah, DJing is a real thing. It, it pays well. It's career opportunity. But yeah, Metronome and I started DJ Metronome. That's Nick Saligo. We started Decademics DJ School. That's at 6108 College Avenue. It's still running. Production classes have been added on. So it's not just a DJ school now. It's DJ and production. And there's a store. So you can go there and buy your DJ gear, turntables, mixers, needles, whatever it is you need for DJing.
0: All right. I got to ask, what, what's your DJ name?
1: I just go by Sir Doug. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make it up. Somebody assigned it.
0: Fair enough. Before you started teaching, how long had you been practicing as well?
1: Yeah. So my older brother was a DJ growing up. So he used to DJ a lot of the like house parties and Butler University parties. So he's four years older than me. So my mother was like, you got to take your brother with you. So he's 16, 17, 18, DJing these Butler parties. And I'm a 12, 13, 14 year old. On Butler's campus, is probably not, shouldn't even be in these parties. But my brother, he'd say, "Hey, I'm going to go talk to this, this girl, so uh, you better figure it out." <laughs> like this is literally how it works. So I'm there with you know, headphones on, sort of spinning the record back, just not trying to mix, just trying to make it come in smooth. you know So that's, <laughs> that's how I got started. You know I was a 12, 13 year- old kid behind the turntables, just you know trying to keep the music going so that my brother could go talk to a girl.
0: <laughs> you, you literally got thrown into the deep end of the pool
1: Yes, absolutely
0: absolutely. <laughs> Alright, so this is going to betray my ignorance However, I love music I, I play guitar And like it's something that like I just really enjoy It's kind of a stress relief I mess around with it I'm just curious Like, it, you, you got some free time You're looking to unwind Do you pull out your turntables?
1: Yeah, actually um, I had a set in my office here at MLK I just pulled it out the other day But yeah, I still have a set up at home I stay so busy that I don't get a chance to necessarily DJ out a whole lot. I did um, DJ Best Buy's annual conference in Minneapolis um, last year, so that was pretty cool. They flew me and uh, one of my students out, so we got to DJ it together.
0: So that was a pretty cool opportunity.
1: But yeah, not as much as I would like to.
0: But you, you educated me that yes, yes, indeed, you still, you still keep it up. So yes, yes. Well, earlier, getting back to MLK and kind of the, the theme of growth, you, you kind of teased the fact that you don't have a gymnasium yet. Could you maybe share with the listeners kind of the plans around that? How, how you envision being able to activate the space? Kind of some additional ways that you can engage with youth in the broader community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that it's publicly been announced yet. But we are working on trying to add a gymnasium to the MLK Center. There's a grassy lot on the corner of 40th and Illinois that stretches from about 40th to maybe 41st. I don't know how far up it goes, but we're looking to add a gymnasium to that space. I think it's going to have at least two courts in it. It may be four, but more than that, there's going to be classrooms that wrap around the gymnasium. So it gives us opportunity to add more classroom space, get more youth in the building. Because, like I said, programming is the heart of what we do. We're busting out of the seams in this building. So it'll it'll allow us not only to create more recreational space and bring the community in more around sports and health, but also. Classrooms, So it's kind of a no-brainer. And Tamika Ketchings is involved in this. So um, we're excited. We're really excited.
0: So you you kind of mentioned it a little bit there, but I'd be just curious from your perspective, is your issue in serving more constituents the space? Are there other barriers that are keeping you from having as many people engaging with MLK as you'd like?
1: I think a lot of it is space. You can only fit so many youth in a room,
0: you know, legally.
1: There's always a wait list with our elementary programming, and if we had more space, we could spread out, we could serve more youth. You know, that's the age that we really want to catch them at. Like, obviously, we work with middle school and high schoolers, but if we can start working with them at elementary age, then you can go with them the
0: whole path. Well, and this is is where we'll circle back and give another shameless plug for the uh, reading program at MLK Center. That's how I got introduced to Doug and the statistics that he cited about getting people to grade level and above grade level. It's hugely impactful, especially if you get them before third grade or before. So shameless plug. Thank you, Doug. We're going to pivot here to the lightning round before we, we get back to some more information about you and the MLK Center. But I'm going to ask you four questions. Okay. There are no wrong answers, only long answers. Okay. So the, uh, the first question is, what would we find on your car radio?
1: Oh, man. You'd find a little bit of everything. Some Kendrick Lamar, some Tears for Fear, Miles Davis, Kind of Blue is one of my favorite albums of all time. So yeah, I, I'm all over the place. Madonna to Jay Electronica,
0: I'm all over. All right. The next question is, what would we find on your bedside table or e-reader?
1: So the five love languages—it's—it's—it's uh, like it's, it's gotten picked up again more recently. There's a book that we've been reading with MLK. It's um, for white folks who teach in the hood and the rest of y'all too. So that's been uh, regular reading recently. I'm a magazine and journal type of guy, so I, I love uh, travel magazines and mechanical engineering type magazines.
0: So okay, okay, all right. The next one. Not a gotcha question and there's no wrong answers. Cats or dogs?
1: (sighs) I can go back and forth, but neither in my house. Okay.
0: Like I said, there's no wrong answer. All right. And the last one, this one is uh, a little bit more serious, but what is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given?
1: Well, I can tell you one of the best pieces of advice I give youth that I can think of offhand is that life is not linear. And a lot of times when we're mentoring youth or talking to youth or just parenting youth, you know, we paint this story that, you know, you graduate high school and you go to college and you graduate and you meet a woman and you get married and you have two, three kids and you get the house and the job and you're living the American dream. And life rarely flows that way. It's, you know, it's a river and it's, it's it. you know, the river may shift way west before it shifts way east, before it now centers out. And it's important that we explain this to youth so that when their path goes way west, they don't feel like that they're failing. This is just part of your path. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to shift to the other direction too, which which may feel highly successful. And you may drop off of that also before it evens out. But this is just a part of the process. This is just this is just life. So if you had to take a year off of college or you had a kid you didn't plan or you wrecked a car that you're upside down on, like none of this stuff defines you. None of this stuff makes you who you are. This is just the path that you're on. And you just you have to stay consistent and stay on it, you know, because nobody nobody gets out of here alive, So
0: you know. Thank you. It's probably good things to remember, no matter what your age is. Yeah. All right. Since you said you have a passion for travel, I'm going to add a fifth question here. If you could choose any place to be your next travel destination, what would it be? (sighs) I've been fortunate
1: to hit most of the places that I wanted to go. I'd probably head back to the continent, maybe do South Africa again. I want to do seashells. I mean, there's there's lots of places on the continent. I want to hit Morocco. I haven't been to Morocco before, so I, I would probably hit the continent.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So to transition back to the MLK Center, maybe could you share uh, with the listeners both where they could learn more about the MLK Center, how they could support the MLK Center, or the types of programming that they might be interested in as adults.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the way that most folks get involved at MLK is through tours. Folks uh, come and take a tour, whether it's through their church group, whether it's through their business or corporation or individual tours. And once people tour the facility and see, like witness all the things that are going on during the day, we have almost a hundred percent conversion. People either want to volunteer, they want to write a check, or they want to know how can I be involved If anybody's interested in taking a tour, Sarah is our volunteer coordinator and funds development. You can email her at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at MLKCenterIndy.org. I know that's a lot, but it's just MLKCenterIndy.org. And then it's just Sarah. Just email Sarah and say, hey, I want to come and check out the place. And she'll set you up with a tour, and then you can decide where you want to volunteer at. You can work with elementary kids, middle or high school. You can volunteer in our kitchen. You can volunteer serving. There's lots of uh, things that happen on weekends. There's parent support groups. There's grief support groups. We're planning our 50-year anniversary. There's a host of things. There's a lay clergy group that meets here and a group of churches deciding you know, how they can be involved and serve MLK that lines up with their mission. So there's a million ways to get involved at MLK. It's just about connecting that dot. And Sarah's, Sarah is the person to connect
0: the dot on. We'll, we'll put that information in the show notes and make sure you uh, you say Doug sent you so he gets a shout out. Please. <laughs> Doug Morris, thank you for joining the Growth Adventure Podcast today. Thank you for sharing both about your role at MLK Center, the center in general, and kind of also your own growth path through life. So may your river continue to wind, but eventually lead to the destination that you see. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Have a good day.